afternoon, and I thought that was exhausting. <laughs> and I didn't even help with those ones either. But, and, I, and I'd come here in the mornings, and I would help greet people or act like I did something. I didn't do hardly anything. But there, and I'd, I'd come in the afternoon and say goodbye. But I know this much. It went from 9, no, 8, 30, no 9 o'clock to 3. 9 to 3, every, Monday through Thursday. And then a closing program on Thursday evening. And I just think, man... They are saints. They are saints. Because that's hard work. Um, so thank you for all the people who helped out with, um, with day camp this year. So yesterday was hot, wasn't it? And I think today is going to be hot too, but I should have known it was going to be hot. It was only going to get hotter and hotter yesterday because it was so hot outside yesterday that when I went outside, the gnats didn't even bother me. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, and, and, and first of all, let me say one more thing. As I say this to you, as I, as, I, as I point out how hot it was, please don't confuse my thoughts here with me complaining about the weather because I know that it was so cold this, this last winter that I'm not upset that it's hot. I am not complaining. I'm just stating that it was really, really hot yesterday. I mean, it was, uh, it was so hot that my dog didn't even want to be outside. and My dog loves being outside. Um, it, it, it was... It was so hot that you could be sw- sitting there, and I, I, I like to sit on my front porch, and, and, and you, lately I've been sitting on my front porch with a big box fan, and I put it on Facebook, and I think people think I was joking about that, but I wasn't. I sit on my front porch, and I put a, bo- a box fan on my knee, and I just hold it there just so the, the gnats don't come near me. But yesterday, I, it came in handy because, because it was just so hot, and I enjoyed it, but I like being outside on my front porch just, just hanging out there. Um, and, but, you know, you can feel the heat when, when, when we talk about this. We, we, can, we know what it's like to go outside and kind of instantly kind of walk into some heat, and you just, you just, it's like a burst. You just feel it. It's like, oh, man, this is, this, is, this is hot. And then there's the opposite of that. There's the other side of that, and it's this. You know, the second I walked into my house, I won't lie, I, we like to run our air conditioner at my house. Like, I do. If you come over my house, just close the door right when you come in. But, but, and then there's something even better than that, and it's this. Going to my house and walking into the basement, where I don't even know if we even have the air conditioner running down there, or it just stays cool down there. And, and, and that is an awesome place to be. When it's so hot outside, and you walk downside, and you walk downstairs, and you can instantly start to feel the cooling down process happen. I'm telling you this because, can you picture both of those? You, you know what it's like to be hot. You know what it's like to be, to be sweaty. And then you also know what it's like to feel um, some coolness. I'd almost call it like instant gratification. But what we're going to be talking about today is, is, is something very similar. Uh, not, not similar in that, but like where we contrast two things. We're going to look at a text. But before we look at the text, I want us to, to be able to see two completely different opposite things. And that's going to be the lens through which we look at the text for today. So what we're going to start off with, it's, it's a verse from, and if you haven't been coming, here's what we've been doing. We've been, doing. We've been going through Romans, and we're not going through Romans verse by verse because um, we started doing this because our kids are going to youth convention, and at youth convention, everything that they, that they experience there is going to be through Romans. So we feel like this is a great prequel to getting them ready for, it, for that. So, 
And then even afterwards, we'll still be going on in the series, but it, it just kind of, it's, it's around them. If they come on Sunday mornings, they're going to get Romans here, and on Wednesday nights, they get Romans at youth group, and when they go to camp, they're going to get Romans again, and, and Romans is, is our theological book, so that's what we're doing. And So today, we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 6, and I'm going to look at the first 11 verses, but before we get there, I just want to point something out. It's Romans 6, 23, and this is what it says. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So let's take a look at the first part, and that's what I was talking about. There's the hot and the, and the cold, complete opposites, and, and I want to look at this. The first part of this says this, for the wages of sin is death. What does the word wage mean? What does it mean? Earnings, yep, that's a good one. What else? Say it again. Payment, yep, payment, yep. Uh, a fixed payment would be another way of looking at it. Um, uh, Another word we could use is, is what I'm entitled to for my work or the consequences or something that's earned, like you just said. So, so it says, for the, the, the wages, that which you deserve of sin, sin is defined as our rebellion against God's, against God's word, against God and his nature, who he is, his holiness. And death is, is and it's hard to find death, but here's what death is. Death is this, and we need to know this, death is never and it was, was never intended in God's plan. Death is unnatural. We know it as natural because everybody we know eventually what? Dies. But that was never part of God's plan. Never part of God's plan. We're going to look at that in a second here. But, but so, so death is, 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 rebel, is, 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 a, is separation from God. It is, it is not what was intended. So when we look at the verse or the first parts when we see the, for the the wages of sin is death, we could say. So the result or the consequences, the payment for your lack of trust in God's word, for the rebellion against God and his word that you have is separation from him. When we sin against God's word, when we run from God's word, what we are doing is we are running from who he is and we are running from him. And when we hear this, we must ask the question, have we ever heard that before? You know, I, I, I would like to say I remember every slide I put up on the board today, but I don't remember. So is there no, what's the next one? Great. That's exactly what I was hoping it was. <laughs> so I said, have we ever heard that line before, you know, that, that, that when we rebel against God's word, death is a consequence. And, and this is who God is from the beginning. And it comes from Genesis chapter 2. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge or good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. For the wages of sin is death. Right? It's not the first time we've heard this. But now let's look at the second part of that verse. The second part of that verse goes like this. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Gift. I, I love that the, scripture use, the scriptures use this word because this is a word that we do not always understand when we are at church. We understand it outside of this building, but inside this building, we completely struggle with this word. I think, like, what do you mean? Well, <clears throat> when we look at the two sides of this verse, the wages of sin, so what you, what you deserve, and then the other side of this, the gift, it's the opposite of the word wage, 
Yes, wage is something you earn, but here we're looking at a gift. A gift is something that is given to you. It comes without merit, it comes without labor, and it comes without effort, at least to the person it is being what? Gifted to, given to. For those of us, or for, you, for anyone who's ever gone out and worked for, I'm going to paint a picture for you here. For any of you who've gone out and worked for a couple weeks, and, and you've, 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 you've worked hard, and, and let's just pretend it's, it's today, you know? Like, you've been working the last couple of weeks, and your boss walks up to you, and your boss, he or she says to you this, I have a gift for you today. I'm going to give it to you at the end of the workday. And at the end of the you so you're working, and you're sitting there, and you're thinking about this, and you're processing, and you're like, man, what, what's my boss going to give me today? You know, when you sit there and you start thinking, I mean, I've thought through some of the gifts that I know that um, we, have a, we have a friend in this, uh, who goes to this church who's, I believe their boss gifted them a trip to Mexico, um, you know? So maybe, like, man, you're sitting there thinking, man, my, my boss is going to give me a, a, a trip. Or you're like, man, maybe my boss is going to gift me um, a gift card to a restaurant. Or maybe he's going to give me a little bonus, right? Because when you hear the word gift, you think they're going to be giving you something. And then all of a sudden, then the day comes along, and, and your boss walks up to you, and they, they, he, he gives you an envelope, and you get a little excited, and you crack that sucker open, and you look in it, and, and it was your paycheck. <laughs> well, but why are you laughing? Because when he said he was going to give you something, you thought there was going to be a gift there. But he gave you something what? that you earned or that you deserve. So you're sitting there like, man, not only am I bummed, but, 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 but the government took a check. So it's not, it's even a chunk of that. So it's even kind of worse than you, than you expected because you thought there was going to be something extra. Cause, but see, when we think of the word gift, out there we think someone's going to give me something. But when we think of the word gift inside the church, when we hear the words that, that he gifted us this gift of salvation, how's the second half of that verse go? But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. We don't hear gift. We still earn. We still hear, oh, he gave it to me. Now I got to earn it. Now I got to keep it. Now I have to do something to, to, to keep it going. It's so great that he cleaned my sin plate, but, but now I need to make sure that, that I, I do something in response. And, and that's not what he talks about. For some reason, Christians have the toughest time understanding this gift. So here's what I want us to be thinking about. What I just talked to you is this. There's two parts to this, okay? As we look at these next verses, <clears throat> as we look at these next verses, I want us to think of the two parts. For the wages of sin is death, okay? There's that. Now I want you to look at this. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So let's pray, and then I'm going to look at these, this next set of verses, and we're going to move through them pretty quickly. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your word to us. Lord, as we look at, these, at, at, at your word to us, may, may it shape and may it um, convict our hearts and our minds and our souls. Lord, it is you who works. It is you who, who is active. Lord, may we, may we hear you. May, 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 we, may we not reject what you have for us, Lord. So, bless this time we spend together, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Romans 6, 1 through 11. Who said that? Man, I'm buying you some lunch. Which one of you guys was that? Not today, but we're going off to lunch one of these days. <laughs> Gave me a nice, loud amen. I like that. 
you're getting something from me. I don't know what it is, but you're getting something. Okay, so Romans 6, 1 through 11. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know, know that all of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For we have been united with him in a death like his. We will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we die with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. No de death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he gives to God. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ. That's a lot. I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again. Usually I preach on two or three verses, and I just, did, I just did not know where to cut it off because I felt like I would be leaving portions of it off, and I don't want to be accused of cherry-picking. But here's what I'm going to say to you. I'm not going to cover all 11 of these verses. It would just be too much for today. So as I go through it, we'll, just, we'll be listening to it and hearing what it says, and, and you can always read it on your own. And, and, and if you have questions, you can always hit me up. I love that. So here we go. Paul here is asking a question, and, and this question is, is a good one. He says, should we go on sinning so that grace that we have received may increase? He, Paul is asking a question. Be, he is saying, hey, I have this grace that Jesus gives me, so should I keep on sinning? Should I sin even more so that I may have more grace? I mean, and, and it's a question that, like, like, we say and we laugh and we think it's funny, but, but our actions are almost like, man, that would be a little bit easy, wouldn't it? I mean, I can get anything I want, and I know I'm coming back to be forgiven. And, and, and so Paul's asking this question, but the way that we need to look at that is this. I think that we, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm just going to make an assumption, okay? So here's what I'm going to say. I think sometimes we think that when Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote the book of Romans, he did this. Romans 1, dot, dot, 1, and then he wrote something, and then he put Romans 1, 2, and then Romans 3, and then Romans 4. He didn't write those numbers in there, and I'm telling you that because I thought he did. There was a time in my life when I thought that, that the Bible was written out, and they had these, these little numbers written into it, and I thought, man, these people are smart. They know how to, to separate this stuff. And I think I've told you this before. Um, this, I, I was my, my first year at a Bible college. I was just out of high school. I was a new Christian. I went to this Bible college, and, and, and I'm telling you this story because I want you to understand that I don't expect you to know everything that's in God's Word. It's a journey for us. But my first day of Bible school, I walked in there, and the teacher said, and my pastor said, hey, just take your Bible. That's all you need. Take your Bible. So I just took my Bible with me. I took a paste paper and a pencil so I can write down. My pastor said, just if they add any books that you need to bring, write them down. So first day of class, I walk in, and the, and, the, and the teacher said, open the book of John. And I said, oh, crap. 
I don't have the book of John. All I have is the Bible. And if you're laughing, you're laughing because you know that that's in there. But, like, we don't always understand how they did stuff. So I didn't know, and in that class, I also didn't say the word crap. So I don't want to deceive you. So <clears throat> great first day of Bible school. So, but I'm telling you this because when we look at the scriptures and now we look at um, this, this, we're looking at uh, chapter 6, but we put that number there. So if we were to go probably like a paragraph above that when Paul wrote that, he wrote this, and here's what he said. The law was brought in, so a few sentences, sentences before where we're at right now, he says this, the law was brought in so that the trespasses or sins might increase. That's what he says. But where sin increases, grace increased all the more. What Paul was writing when he writes this, and he says that, that when the law was brought in, sin increased, and where sin increased, grace increased. When Paul wrote that, what he was saying was this, we are gifted, we are gifted the law so that we may know where we are with God. It, we, we are gifted the law so that we know when we mess up against God. <clears throat> what Paul says is that now that we know that we have sinned, and, he's, and, and the law is useful, the, the, what the law does for us is this, when we get the law, we know that we've messed up, and the law is good because if we know that we messed up, then we see that we're, we're sinners, and when we see it, then we want to respond to his grace that he also gives us. It's almost like this, would you take a prescription drug if you didn't know you were sick? You were all over it today, you guys. I'm, I'm, this is my favorite crowd right here. This, no, that's not nice to say. I didn't mean it. Yes, I did. I did. Um, but, but you know, like, you wouldn't take something unless you knew you were sick. You, for no reason, you wouldn't take a pill. And, and, and that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about that in the sense of, like, like, like the law shows us we're sick. The law shows us we've messed up. You know, uh, 14 years ago, next week, Jenny and I, we went to Hawaii, um, and, and it was a big deal for us. We were married for five years. My wife had never really gone on vacations when they were young because her dad owned his own business, so, like, they could never take time off, and, and, and I was, like, hiding money from her underneath my mattress, <laughs> and, and, and I remember just telling her, hey, we're in Hawaii, and she's like, we can't afford to go to Hawaii. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, I've been hiding money from you, and I thought that was, like, a romantic thing to do. <laughs> I learned it's, it's not, but, but so, so, so we save this money and, and I save this money. <laughs> I save this money because otherwise Target would have a portion of it. And so I save this money and we end up going to Hawaii. And when we're there, we, we, we went to the North shore, um, of Oahu. Oh, yeah. Oahu. Okay. That's the North shore of that Island. And when we got there, we put, we parked our car and I look off into the distance and it's really awesome. There's this cliff. And there's these people, and they're jumping off this cliff. And I'm like, I am so doing that. And I got really excited, okay? I got really excited. And, and, and what looks good to the eye, as I got closer to it, I started to realize, well, that's a little bit higher than I thought. Oh, man, that's, that's kind of really up there. And then when you get up there or get closer, then you start to see that it's out there. So the waves that are coming in, once you jump off, the waves do what? They, they pound you into the rock if you're not careful. Okay, so, and I think, but I don't see that. That's when I got up there. So what I think is this. I think, man, that looks really good in my eye. I really want to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to jump off that. And as we got up closer, we start to realize there's a sign there. And the sign says, do not jump off cliffs made to kill you or something. I don't remember exactly what it was. But it was like, don't do it. Okay, and now I got a question for you. 
Was that sign good news or bad news? How everybody else? It's good news because it reveals to me something that I shouldn't do. And when I don't listen to the sign, then something negative is probably going to happen. And that's what Paul's talking about here. He says the law is good for us because it reveals to us, us, it reveals to us our sin, and, and, and more we see our sin, then we know to run to a Savior and receive grace. You get that? And this is what he does. So, so, so then he says, and that's where we get that question, well, should we sin more so we can have more grace? And he says, no, may it never be. He says, no, may it never be. Um, what's that thing called? Because I'm about to talk about something. When you go to, the, I don't even know if they have them anymore because they're, they're pretty dangerous. Um, when you go to like a really cool park, most times there's like the old school parks and you go in the park and they have that thing and it spins. Well, I know what a merry-go-round is though, but isn't that where like they have the horses that go up and down? What's that called? Okay, so maybe it is a merry-go-round. Okay. <laughs> so the merry-go-round thing, that's the thing with the little metal handles and it's like a small thing and kids hang on to it, right? And then you spin it really hard and you just go round and round and round and round and round fly off and get hurt. That's what we're about to look at in this passage. That's what we're about to look at because here's what I need you to hear and this is what I need you to know. That we who have died to sin, we no longer live in it. But when we do live in the grace that we're given, we know we're still going to sin and we are forgiven. So, this part of the message where we're called not to sin, we're called to live our lives as lights, as, as, as a light, that's true. But there's another part to that, and it's this, that even though I know Jesus, and even though I know his word, and even though I know his law, I still sin, and I still mess up. I am called not to should I sin so that grace may abound? No, but I know I'm going to. And it's, it's like this little carousel that if you start to watch it, we're going to get into this conversation. Because I know that I have a Savior, and I know he tells me not to sin, but then I know that when I do sin, I am forgiven. And, and, but because we all know the law, we, I mean, who doesn't know it's, it, it's, it's wrong to, to, to it, we all know it's wrong to steal, it's all wrong to lie, it's wrong to commit adultery, it's, it's, it's wrong to use God's name in vain. So like, where am I at on this carousel? And Luther says this about this passage. He says there's five things that we should take in this passage. And the first thing he says to us as we look at this and, and so we don't get stuck on this carousel is this. We are to be dead to sin. As I kind of mentioned a little bit ago. But see in verse 3 and verse 4 of our text, here's what it says. We get to see that God is at work in baptism. Here's what it says. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Did you get that? When, when you were baptized, you were baptized into his death. Did any of you experience death on the cross at Calvary? No. But when you get baptized, there's a work inside the baptism. Something happens inside the baptism that I can't explain, but we're told here in Scripture that when you get baptized, you also get the baptism that Jesus received 
on the cross. You get baptized into his death. And we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. That's what baptism is. That you were buried with him through his baptism into death. Meaning, so in our baptism, God washes away, he cleanses us, he takes away our sins as, as, as if we have never sinned. And he does this through the work and the life of Jesus Christ. Listen, when we talk about what happens to us and how God changes us in our hearts and inside of our minds and inside of our souls, what we are always referencing is this. We are referencing the work that Jesus Christ did, his life, his death, and his resurrection. And it's, and it's beautiful because when we receive Christ, when we do not reject what he has done for us, then we get stripped of our old sinful nature. Your sin, your shame, your guilt gets stripped from you. It gets ripped from you. It is not yours. And what you receive is you receive everything that he's worked for for you on the cross. It is we rob Jesus. We robbed him because we win a trade that, that we don't deserve. But when I say we don't deserve it, what am I saying? Go back to the very beginning. What do we struggle with? The gift. The gift. It's not something that we can earn. It's not something that we can do. It's gifted to us. The second thing that we're going to be looking at is now that we, now that, now that we live, we live unto God. Here in verse 4, it says, In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We get a new life. And through the work of Christ, again, that new life is one that we are called to live for the glory of God. One where we honor him, one where we praise him, one where we do his work, one where, where we hope that through our glorifying him, our neighbors will see our good works and also glorify our Father who is in heaven. Jesus, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, does not need my good works. I don't do it for my relationship with him, my vertical relationship. He has done everything for my vertical relationship with him. What I am doing is I, as I live this out is I am living out for my neighbor. Third, we are to serve God. We are to serve with God on our mind as we fight the spirit of the flesh that's, that's within, within us. There is a battle that goes on inside of us. We will always have that battle. The flesh is horrible. The, self, the flesh is selfish. It, it, it wants what it wants. In the mind, in the heart, we think of such sins that, 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 that get created in our hearts and our mind and they're birthed when we carry them out in the flesh. If you were to stop here and you were to think about this, I think you'd have to agree do you ever feel that war, that battle where you know something's wrong, you know you're tempted by something, you know it deep down inside that's wrong, but you do it anyway? Do you know it's probably one of the things that carries me in my Christian faith the most? What carries me in my Christian faith is that, is that Jesus always knows the real Brandon Pangman. He always knows that deep inside of me is this sinner who you guys look at and call pastor and probably think I'm something, I, hope, I, I don't actually hope you think I'm great because I'm not, but those of you who hang out with me can attest to my sinfulness. But what I'm saying when I say that is, is you know, like, 
it carries me my faith that Jesus knows all of my sin, all of my shame, all of my guilt, and yet does what? Dies for me anyways. Gives me his grace. There's no better message than that. There's no fakeness in this. I don't have to fake it until I make it. I, I, I just have to confess it. Sin, fourth, sin does not have dominion over me. It does not rule me. Our text says, for we know that the old self was crucified with him so that the, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with and that we are no longer slaves to sin. Even though I feel it, even though my flesh often gives in to it, even though it crushes me, I'm not a slave to it. I have a friend named RJ. RJ writes books. He's a, he's a very intelligent person. And, and he wrote in his book, and he has this line, he says this, We aren't sinners because we sin, but we sin because we are sinners. Paul here is asking a question. And the answer is no, we should not go on sinning. It's just kind of what we do. And this kind of leads us to, to the fifth portion of this. I'm daily crucified with Christ, and I'm no longer the old Brandon even of yesterday, but he makes me new every day. And that fifth part is the righteousness does rule. I am imputed with his righteousness. When God gifted me his son, he gifted me his son's life, his son's death, and his son's resurrection. He gifted me with something that I cannot earn. And not only can I not earn it, but I daily abuse it. So my friends, in the same way, consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ. And as, I, as we close, I'm going to look at that verse 11 one more time. I'm going to read it to you because listen to what it says. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin. That is gone because of the free gift of Jesus Christ, but alive to God in Jesus Christ. Not in the works of man. I'm not alive to God because of what I've done. I'm alive to God because of Jesus Christ. If you've heard this message today, if you hear the message of Jesus Christ and all that he has done for you, and you have never responded to it, if there has not been a time in your life where you have said, I want everything that Jesus gives to me, I want all the gifts that God has given to me, if you want that, it's yours. It, it, it has been given to you. It wasn't given to you today, and it's not given to you tomorrow. It wasn't given to you yesterday. It was given to you in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection, and it's there for you. It's there for you. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your life, death, and resurrection. Thank you that, that even though I, I'm stuck on a merry-go-round of, of being a sinner, being forgiven, being a sinner, being a forgiven, that you step in and you halt the merry-go-round. And you tell me I am nothing but righteous and holy. And Lord, may I remember that I am nothing but righteous and holy because of everything that you've done for me. 
And Lord, if we have people here to, today who want to pray about that and, and, and want to receive it and stop rejecting all that you, you have for them, may they just pray these words. Lord, help me to stop rejecting your gift to me. Lord, may your life, may your death, and may your resurrection be stamped on my heart and my mind and my soul. Amen?